0: Da-da-da-da-da, uh, da 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 tell it to my heart. Taylor Dane, anyone? All right, she's a Long Island girl, relax. This episode of the Opie Radio Podcast is sponsored by Get Parts on the Upper West Side. It's my favorite place to do the Opie Radio Podcast. They got hundreds of beers to choose from. And also, don't forget about their original beer culture at 328 West 45th Street. I really appreciate the support from Gephardt's. Now on with the show. Tell it to my heart.
1: Ba-da-da-da-da. I don't think, I think today we're not here to relive history. We're here to build the future. And I think with all these folks here supporting Ruizing for a cause, we'll be able to help other people also make an impact in the culinary world, man. That's what it's all about. That's what he cared about. Carl cared about making an impact. Absolutely. I think that today is the start of something really great.
2: You guys ever I've never
1: met. Wait, not, this is Vic Kenley. That's I'm Vic Kenley. Oh, hey! Man, <laughs> oh, I've heard a lot about
2: you, man. It was in my house. Don't believe any of it. <laughs> I heard for he about in ten your house. weeks. I know. Telling everyone it was his
3: house. <laughs> I'm sure. Just it. the women. Just the women. I, well, no, everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody.
2: A bartender a week ago said uh, that he took him up to the roof. Carl, was, oh, yeah. you should see the roof deck. See, I gave him a full set of keys. So he, and the guy said, man, this is really nice. How long have you been here? And Carl's like, oh, yeah, about 15 years.
0: Quite the showing, huh, Vic Kenley? It's perfect, absolutely. It's a beautiful day, too. It's
3: awesome, not bad. It's a little cold out here, especially for these southern boys. Barbecue ninja. Yeah, yeah. We had a little cold snap down there in Mississippi right before I came here. But, you know, hey, y'all should be used to it up here. Y'all got more coats than we got.
4: Yeah. A lot more.
3: And, of
0: course, you're from U-Bonds. For the people that don't know, on the podcast, hey, you know?
3: yeah, and I tell you, uh, you know, Carl was a wonderful, wonderful supporter of ours and the barbecue industry, and and uh, you know, when we got the call, just like anybody else. When they called us and said, hey, we want to put on this event, you know, to raise money, and we're were, we in, you know. I mean, there's no question about it. We're going to be here um, and support him and the causes just like he supported us. And, uh, you know, and and to be here with you guys and, and, and all of our barbecue family, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than this. You got a good Carl story? One good Carl story? Man, I tell you <laughs> that, that I can tell. <laughs> I, hear, I hear that all the time. Yeah, I I mean, you know, it's it's
2: amazing. I don't think I can really tell all his home. accent, his music to my ears. Because now that there's at least two of us here, I have the <laughs> so, southern drawl. Right, I, told, I called I'm him here. in a day or two. I called him a day or two after it happened, and in, in oh a total hillbilly mind. manner. I'm like, "Well, this is pretty tough." I goes, "Pretty tough," and I find I paused and I went, "I had to call my mama." That's how sad I was. And he goes, Me too! <laughs> Me too! Hey, I'm, I'm, I had to call my mama. I'm 57.
5: <laughs> Carl and I had texted back and forth on Friday morning. If I ain't mistaken, that was the 20th. Yeah, absolutely. 21st is the anniversary of my wife and I having a stillborn child. And I made sure I was home this year, and I was at a nursery. Looking for a tree to plant in my yard that would typically bloom that time of year, and I see this number, and I'm thinking it's one of them, you know, did you file your taxes in 2013? <laughs> uh, you know, yes. <laughs>
2: that's, right, that's exactly, <laughs> yeah.
5: And I answered it like reluctantly, I was like, Hello, she's like, Hey Sam, this is Gloria, Cole's friend. And I was like, Hey, Miss Gloria, she said, Are you somewhere you can sit down? I went, Yeah. And I sat down at this little cement bench in the nursery and she told me and I go, huh? Yeah. I go, I said, Did he put you up to this? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Is this a joke? Like, yeah. how about call Sam and tell him I died? <laughs> Let's see what he says. Like, that would be something he would do.
2: Absolutely.
5: Yeah. I mean that would be something he would do just to like screw with you yeah. as a pal. And I sat on that bench in this nursery by myself for like 30 minutes. Man. Because grief comes in stages. The first one's denial. Like, is this reality? Yeah. Is this true? And all these things. And I immediately went back to scrolling through text messages, you know, and all the stupid stuff. And Carl and I had some serious, serious conversations a few years ago that I would not have anticipated him calling me to, Hey, man, I want to bounce something off of you. Really meant a lot to me and validated, in my opinion, what his thoughts were of me. I don't know that he ever spoke of them to anybody. I've never spoke of him to anybody because that was the way the conversation was left. I don't know that a week went by that I didn't talk to him on some level, either sarcastically, seriously. Oh uh, yeah. I was showing George a text, there was a the last text that he sent in a group text. It it had this lady, this old lady jumping up in the air and it said, Nothing can F with me more than my anxiety. <laughs> Okay. The last text he and I shared was, I had sent him his text. We were back and forth, and finally I was like, I love you, you bastard, you. Yeah. And he responds, ain't nobody here but us chicken Sam. <laughs> <Right>.
2: Perfect. <laughs> I used to send him that video all the time. But we would, he would say that to me, too. And I found the old video of it, and I sent it to him. He goes, oh, my God. <laughs> I go, you used the phrase, you didn't know the song?
6: <laughs>
3: and, you know, one of my big memories is, is, is when, you know, you know, Poppy Gary Roark passed away, and, and uh, you know, I was on my way down to Jackson to, to be with the family and everything, and, and he called me on the way down there, and of course, you know, that's that's a that's a phone call you're going to answer, and we, we shared a lot of memories on the way down there, and man, we cried together, and we laughed together, and, you know, he told me, he said, man, you know, I can think of a million people that I'd rather have this happen to than Poppy, you know, including myself, and and you know, and 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 just for him to reach out like that and and to really in that moment, you know, show his compassion that he had, and and to be, he was just a genuine person, man. I mean, you know, he had the heart of a freaking lion, man. You know. And uh, heart of gold, and, and that was one thing that I really remember and really stuck out to me was, was uh, you know, him and Poppy just had a connection, man, that was, that was a special yeah, he thing. It. He talked about him all the time, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: I, I hung out with the guy once and I fell in love with that guy. I, to, to imagine, he's gone and Carl, really?
3: I know. Really? I know, and that's, that's two people in, in my life that were, were very good friends and mentors and, and supported me wholeheartedly. And to lose them like that, you know, so close, is, it's tough, man. But, you know, it's like we say in the barbecue world, you know, we're going to keep the fires burning. We're going to keep their memories alive. And we're going to keep busting our ass to fucking, you know, remember them. Yeah. Have y'all ever said something that you're like, man,
5: I wish I hadn't said that. But it was funny in the moment. And then later on, you're like, God, I wish I hadn't said that. The last podcast I was on with you and Carl, we're all sitting behind the U tent. Oh
3: shit. <laughs> and it's me, I, Billy, ahead.
5: Pat, Carl, Opie, and Mr. Gary. Poppy is like pacing back and forth behind us, like trying to screw with us. And it was Carl or you one that said, I wonder what Gary's looking for. <laughs> because he had been screwing with us, like, in his way. Like, you know, I mean, he was a jokester.
3: No, there ain't no doubt about it.
5: I've got a picture of me and him, Pat and Rodney, and he's got a guitar strap as a sling where he broke his damn wrist at Big Apple. Not Big Apple, but a Windy City Smokeout, and we were doing the Four Horsemen picture.
3: He broke his wrist on Friday. Moonwalking. And, and moonwalking to Michael Jackson. Hey, he, he, he was moonwalking. He fell. He busted his butt, broke his wrist, popped back up, and finished the song out. Like the true trooper that and he was. He makeshift sling out of a guitar. Yeah. And that, that happened on Friday, <laughs> and he he partied and hung out this all the way through July the weekend. 18,
5: excuse me, that was 17. 17. So we're at Big Apple in 18 doing this podcast. Mr. Gary's like creeping. He's like Mr. Deeds, walking back and forth, trying to figure out how he can bomb this podcast. He had already done his part. And somebody goes, I wonder what Gary's looking for. And I spun around being dumb. I was like, probably a casket.
2: <laughs>
5: and we all laughed it off, and then Gary comes up and made a jab at me and Pat about how much we talk. And like. And so just a few months later, I'm standing in front of my barn, and I get a phone call about Mr. Gary. And that was the first thing I thought about was that statement. Oh, man. And I had to be in Nashville anyway, and so me, Billy Durney, Pat Martin, and Carrie Bringle loaded up in a Tahoe and drove from Nashville, Tennessee, to Yazoo City, Mississippi. I put my suit on in a Wendy's bathroom (laughs) in Yazoo City before we went to the funeral for Mr. Gary.
3: When y'all showed up, man, I tell you, that meant the world to to all of us. We walked into the church, and the visitation
5: was happening from 9.30 to 12.30. Well, y'all showed up at 12.30. We go into church, and the guy from the funeral home is standing at the end of the line saying, we've cut off visitation. And Pat goes, man, we sure appreciate it if we go up there and see them folks. They're great friends of ours. He's like, no, we've we've cut it off. We, you know, service got to start at this time. And Pat goes, I'm going to put it to you this way. <laughs> so this man right here is from Brooklyn, New York. This man right here is from eastern North Carolina. And we all just drove from Nashville, Tennessee to here because that man up there was our friend as well as the folks standing to the left of that casket. And I bet they'd appreciate it too if we could go up there and hug their neck. And the guy goes, all right, and escorted us down the line. Whoa! We go up, and as soon as like, – oh, Good
7: Lord. Of
5: course. With
4: fraud with the time. <laughs> let, wait, let him finish the story. <laughs> fuck yo interview, motherfucker. He just got a lot blacker in here.
0: No kidding.
6: <laughs>
5: Party's over.
3: But,
0: Man, Mick,
3: talk about – That's right.
5: Yeah. yeah, talk about – He just gave me like the leg drop off the top rope. <laughs> yeah. We went up and hooked everybody's necks and sat down, and we were all crying when we went through that line, and we sat in that service, and we go to the cemetery like true Southerners. You go for the burial and all that.
0: I got to, I got to uh, be the one, even though pretty much everyone would would do this. I, we got to let you off the hook for that line, because because you just hanging out with you guys busting balls. Gary, you're talking about Gary, who uh, is no, the founder I told, of New uh, Bonds. His
5: son-in-law, this year at Windy City Smokeout, yeah. that story, yeah. Yeah. and he's like
3: Gary, Gary would have been the
0: first laughing. Gary would have been the first one, of course. So yeah. I'm gonna let He'd you, you off the hook, one.
3: and you're gonna let him off. the Oh, there's no doubt, let yeah. him off the hook, man. Because you know Gary's going. Sam, just let it go, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come yeah.
0: on. Well, because I, I did, down. I did the same Believe thing. With, <laughs> I did the same thing with Carl off and on on the podcast. I'm like, dude, you're gonna die over a
3: hashtag, and Carl will go, ah. I mean, exactly, And I don't regret exactly. it because no. you know we were always busting no. balls, right? Exactly. I mean, that's just what we do, and we we kid with each other. And he didn't think anything about that. He laughed that off when Sam said that. Yeah. He would have said it back to Sam and we given him a chance, would've. you know. Yeah, exactly. yeah
0: I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't lose sleep over
5: that at all. Well, we walked up here earlier. You were like, "You got to sing a song." Yes. So, Carl, this was around a time of his uh, marriage parting. Me and him were talking, and he knows I'm a fan of country music. He was like, man, you just give me a song. Give me a song. And I sent him this song, and he calls me, and he was like, good Lord, man. That's the saddest shit I ever heard in my life. And I said, well, Carl, that's country music. I, that's what it's about. And the song, uh, after me learning his past, and, and I love to play music, but I got out in my barn that night, and I cried and played, and this was one of the songs I played. Because it was one that... And he mentioned it on the podcast that day. He was like, Sam sent me the saddest
2: country song.
5: And the title of the song, a man named Randy Houser cut it. Anything Goes When Everything's Gone. And the way the chorus went was... Uh, anything goes when everything's gone. You ain't around to give a damn whether I do right or wrong. So bring it on. Because anything goes... When everything is gone. And Carl goes, You're the worst friend ever.
3: (laughs) You know what they say about country music, though? They say if you play country music backwards, you know what you get? Everything back. Yeah, you get (laughs) your your wife wife back, your kids back, your mobile home back, (laughs) your dog back, you know, you get all that shit back. Everything back, of course.
7: Oh, man.
0: Robert from Westwood One, yes.
7: There's a fan here who's been following you since 98 and became a, a fan of Carl? So we're going to get you to sign that.
0: So we're move that along. I, I just realized my hand is frozen. That hat is amazing. Gloria's going to be selling those the, soon. Uh, it's the Ruizing...
7: Uh, hot dog hat here yeah. on, on sale, and I think we're going to make that available online at some point. Yeah, of course
0: yeah. we are. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Fox Brothers in the house!
8: What up? What's going on, bro? How you doing? I'm good, man.
0: You came from Atlanta.
8: Came all the way up from Atlanta. Gloria told us about this, and we wouldn't miss it for the world. Carl was the man, you know? He was a damn good friend, damn good man, and any time he asked us for anything... He got it. So, yeah, I mean, everyone here
0: is literally connected to Carl. It's like one big spiderweb. Yeah, I, mean, cool. I know him through you, who knows Carl. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, We're I mean, all connected.
8: I was talking to somebody when I was serving him the bologna sandwich that we brought up here. He's like, man, I've known Carl since he was three years old. Everybody is here for Carl. And, you know, it's just like, what, what do you think Carl would be doing if he was here today? He wouldn't even know what to do with himself. You know, he would he would be laughing, have a big old cigar, and. Uh, bourbon in his hand and just laughing that that laugh.
0: Or he would get on Mike and go, "Enough already! Go
8: home." Oh,
0: What's going on, man? Another Fox brother. What's up, man? I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing with what everyone else is doing, trying to get you know through this. But now it's now it's finally turning into a celebration. Finally, it's been a long two months.
8: It is, and now everybody's just rejoicing and and doing what Carl would have done. Yeah. Is Atlanta
0: excited about Trey Young?
8: <laughs> he's doing good, man. I, I he's mean, awesome. Yeah, he's got the – uh, Are you guys basketball fans? I mean, we're, now that he's there, you know, we're getting there. So uh, That's about all we got in Atlanta right yeah. now. We did beat the Saints, so we got that. That was like, kind of our Super Bowl right there. <laughs> but, uh, I mean – There's
0: uh, Carl's brother, George. <laughs> Fox Brothers came from Atlanta. Fox Fox,
1: hey, I mean, thanks so much, oh you guys, for yeah, coming out today. Yeah. All the food has been spectacular, uh, man. man. This is awesome. He would have loved this. Uh, they got they got a bologna sandwich. Where's that one? I missed it, man.
8: Yeah, we were over here in the corner. Oh they tucked God, us in the corner. Go. Oh, <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> I love bologna. There's nothing we better did, than bologna, we, man. We named it after your brother. Did because, you? Yeah, that's why I'm oh, bringing it up. Oh, man. Uh, what did you call it? The Carl Ruiz. Oh, Because every time, every time... Somebody would text Carl I'd be like I'm in Atlanta Where do I need to go eat He'd be like Fox Brothers Get the bologna
1: Oh man And so man, well, You was, know growing up Bologna man that door, That's how you did it yep, yep Right Some white white bread Some bologna cheese yep. And like you never, It never gets old man The bologna never gets old
8: <laughs> We put Fritos on it So it's got that crunch Oh to it. really You know you put chips On the sandwich Oh yeah
1: We have to go down to Atlanta And check You're it out
8: anytime, man. Oh
1: it's man serious. thank you man this is awesome. Opie, man. It's crazy, right? Isn't it crazy, man? This guy's touched a lot of people, man. So listen, since we last got together, you're just going to blow your mind. I got a call from the folks in our town. where we- I was hoping you, you were going to say, I got a call from Carl. and. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting for him to show up in one of my dreams, that bastard. He's going to show up in one of my dreams and kick my ass. But um, uh, our town in New Jersey, they're going to name a street after him. No. Yes,
0: Opie. That's cool.
1: I mean that's amazing, man. You know, we're just two kids from New Jersey trying to do something, and he did it, man. He's gonna (laughs) name a street. I mean, like, well, you
8: both did it. He's up there going, suckers. (laughs) Speaking
0: of uh, showing up in your dreams, did I tell you this story? I meditate. Okay, don't make fun. No, it's good for the heart, George. Why are you looking at me like that, man? It's (laughs) connecting your body and soul. I like it, man. So I was, I was meditating. uh, very shortly after Carl passed Honestly, I've lost track of time But within within the week And I'm meditating And all of a sudden, out of nowhere It was like two fingers on the side of the head Go tap, tap, really hard And it, wo- it woke me or whatever Took me right out of my meditation I-, I looked around the room like What the fuck was that? And I don't know what I believe when you die and all that But it was so- I gotta tell you to your face how weird that is and how I would bust uh, your brother's balls, that's exactly what he would do to yeah, me. he would, man. <laughs> he would just take he two fingers totally and go, do it.
1: Bam, bam. You know, I, I i think that when you go to an event like this, regardless of what you believe happens after you die, you have to believe that his energy is here. What's your name? Right? I mean, his energy's here, man. It's in the food. It's in the love. It's in the connections that people are having with each other. It's in people reliving the moments they spent with him or reliving... Podcasts or things that he posted. I mean, people have stopped me. Like someone, a couple from Colorado flew in, yeah. just to like be here, just to be here for this. I think this is all part of experiencing Carl, man. So this is really awesome.
8: When he passed, a friend of mine said, um, "I'm sad, and I didn't even know Carl." And I was like, "Well, you followed him on Instagram, so he lived his life through that. He lived his life through his social media. He wasn't fake. It, what he put out there was 100 percent him." And that was the Carl that everybody knew. And she's just like, that's the truth.
1: It's about authenticity. I mean, he had an authenticity. Yeah. He was who he was. People are like, is that how he was in real life? Yeah. yeah. I mean, in real life, he was, you know, what he is on the show, except with a, maybe a few expletives. But, you know, he was the same guy. Totally the same guy.
0: How's your mom doing? I saw her. and this uh, is moving for her, man. I gave her a hug, and it's, t- it's tough. Because, you know, you're, everyone is saying great things about Carl to your mom. But in the end, you're like, she just wants him back. She does. I don't, I don't, know, how, I don't know how you deal with that.
1: You know, I think uh, you go through a bunch of emotions when something like this happens. You you wonder if there's something you could have done. You get angry at people because you're like, God, if you had only done this. Or if you had done this better, taking care of yourself. or You know, there's so many different emotions you go through. But in the end, I think you're left with just the the peace of knowing that you were part of the story of his life, man. I mean, one of the guys here showed me a picture they, they took of him, and behind him are all these like lights coming out. And he was just a really, he was like a bright light, man. And you knew that it may not stay on for a long time. And you're just happy to be in its presence for when it was there, man. And, um, I think my mom is, this is tough for her. She's, um, she's gone to visit him a few times. It's, it's tough. Yeah, it's, it's
0: tough for her. But it's good it's that she's. Always. It's good that she's seeing all all this love today. Seeing the love. Yeah.
8: Yeah. The story you told at his service Which down man? in Miami about the uh, the text he sent you while you're at work. Yeah. <laughs> about Phil Collins. <laughs> about the, the picture of the plane and.
1: Yeah. yeah, he um, I was at work and he said, "What are you doing, man?" And I he text me, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm at work." And then he sends me a picture of him um with a you know getting on a private jet yeah and then i'm like and then he says culinary school versus medical (laughs) school
0: i win and that was the story that he well Well, he did he He also he also would send those pictures where he was hanging out with big celebrities on my old radio show
1: (laughs) hey george what are you doing i'm hanging with phil collins today phil collins or tony robbins or any one of a number of people that you hang out with and I was like, son of a bitch. Oh, I don't wow. hang out
0: with any of them anymore, George. Huh? You learn who your real friends are when you lose the big job. No, it's okay, though. I I, I never was into that world in that way. You know, what? that's the beauty of your brother, by the way. So it's really important. When I, when I uh, lost the big radio show, you learn that you were just a guy in the seat. And a lot of these friendships you thought you really had... You didn't have it all. It was because I could do things for a lot of people, including big celebrities and then lower level uh, people. So when I got uh, let go at, at Sirius XM, a lot of people turned their backs on me, not gonna lie. And, and you learn who your friends are, and the number one guy was Carl. I, I like, believe it, man. He's like, brother, what are we doing next? I'm, I'm with you. And we started up uh, just doing silly pop ups all over the city. You know, I mean, how many people could possibly listen to it, watch a Facebook live? But he was into it, and then we just slowly started building this thing together. Because he believed in us, he believed in me. He's like, "Fuck, fuck, you lost your big job. Who, who the fuck cares? Let's go have some fun now."
8: He would text me a lot and be like, telling me that the podcast he had going with you—it was one of the most things he's most proud of. Yeah, he loved it, man. he, he loved doing it with you. And I,
0: I've been doing this a really long yeah. time. Carl gave me easily the best years out of my entire career. Were we as successful and all that? No, it didn't matter, though. He gave me the most fun. We just would laugh our asses off. And then we're like, eh, maybe some people will enjoy
1: this. Who knows? You know, Carl, uh, I think throughout his life, he, he understood um, great successes. And he also understood defeats. And I think when he connected with people, I mean, that energy he could bring to it. He, he knew what it was like. To be on top of the world, or to be buried under it, and um, I think that that's why probably when you were in that situation, um, Opie he, he connected with it deeply, you know, and he saw the talent in people. Yeah, he, he didn't he didn't need the celebrity to see the talent. Yeah, and I'm sure, I think that's what he saw yep. in you, man. You have an amazing way to make people talk, say things. I listened to the last podcast. I was like, oh my god, I said all those things. I hope like, he. <laughs> <laughs> How did I just give you a little? I know. You just give me a little. You point a mic in my mouth, and next thing I know, I'm like, Whoa. He's, a, he's a shock jock. That's what he will do. He will suck things out of you. You don't want to Whoa, share. No, right. We're God. having some moments oh, dear, here, lawyer lady. No. I don't like football. No. Don't let him. This is my he's good done. friend oh, yeah. Steve Rudin.
0: Steve hey, and I went to up. medical school together. Yeah, we're yeah right our man. You would, ap- you guys would appreciate this because you're doctors, and so I got to be careful how I say this, but my. <laughs> My nephew is a brain surgeon down at Emory. Really? And... Does he get in your head? And... Well, you know who was down there recently, don't you? Oh, where? Uh, uh, Mr. Jimmy Carter. Oh, really? And... Let's just say he was close to the situation. Oh, is that So I'm a very proud uncle. I, I, I'm not sure what I'm allowed to say. And honestly, I, I officially don't know exactly his role in the whole thing, but... He was in the mix. Quick break, and then we'll get right back into the podcast. We're going to be hearing from Carl's mother in just a few moments, but I got to say this. Money, 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 money. Did the Jets just destroy the Raiders? O-M-G. All right, relax. We're, what, four and seven? But that's okay, because thank you, BetDSI.com. Thank you very much. Promo code OPI. BetDSI has been paying winners for 20 years. BetDSI is top rated on betting review sites. Use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash this week. BetDSI has a very user-friendly interface and mobile site. BetDSI has the fastest payouts in the industry. Simply play, win, and get paid. BetDSI.com. Promo code OPI. BetDSI offers betting options for everything. Bet on MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, UFC, and other major sports. You can bet on politics, reality TV, eSports, pretty much virtually everything. And try live betting at BetDSI where you can bet on games from start to finish, every play and every minute until the end. New members get 100% bonus match using promo code OPI, O-P-I-E. That's more than double your money to start winning today. Once again, go to BetDSI.com. Use the promo code OPIE and get this limited time 100% bonus offer plus $25 free wager to test the waters. Don't miss out and go make some extra cash betting this season. It's only a game until you bet it at BetDSI. BetDSI BetDSI.com. Promo code OPIE.
7: OP Radio.
0: All right. I don't know if this is a good idea because everyone is now uh, in full party mode, really liquored up, and I, I, Ruizing, yes, uh, Nick Solaris, thank you, and um, I guess this is the grand finale for the big Pig Beach celebration for Carl's life. We got Carl's mom, we got Carl's brother, George, we got Pat Martin, Nick Solaris, Sam Jones, Bill Durney, and Matt Farah. Over there from the smoking tire, and Gloria, who set this whole thing up. Let's start with Gloria. Gloria, did it beat your expectations? It
9: was amazing. We have seen more people, the donations have been great, and the camaraderie and the love has been beyond expectations. It really has. Just the barbecue family is there's none like it anywhere else in the whole wide world. Everybody has just given their heart, their soul, and their
0: talent for, for Carl. We just got kicked out of a Korean birthday party. That's how great of a time we're having, right, Sam Jones? beyond reproach. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't had uh, Pat Martin on the the podcast yet today. Pat Martin, what's going on, brother? He was too
9: busy opening up uh, 14 more (laughs) U-babies in the last time. It's
1: actually Um, 16 now. (laughs) (laughs) There was two that happened in that meantime.
2: (laughs) A lot
0: lot of people don't uh, know this, but uh, there was something called the Four Horsemen, which was Pat Martin, Sam Jones, and Bill Durney, and of course our, uh, our pal uh, Carl, right, Bill? Absolutely. So, uh, Bill Durney, by the way, from Hometown Barbecue.
9: First of all, I can't believe the amount of people. I know I know, I saw George when he walked in, and he, he looked startled that this many people would show up. And uh, um, your words when you spoke was so beautiful and prolific about knowing that his family you know, loved and adored Carl but couldn't imagine that the world loved him like that. So to see the amount of people that came out today... Um, for, um, for our friend Carl and for all the love that he and, uh, hilarity that he gave us over his, uh, lifetime is just so incredibly moving to all of us. And, um, so happy to see, um, Carl's mom here. I got to meet them in Miami. Um, and, uh, it's just, just, it's just an overwhelming day for all of us. I, I
0: gotta say, uh, Bill, when Carl brought me around to meet all you guys, You know, the barbecue crew, you were the one, you came up to me and you go, oh, you having a good time? Like, man, I'm having a great time. You guys are awesome and hilarious and really a lot of fun. You looked me dead in the eye, and I'll never forget this, and said, you're now one of us. Don't fuck it
2: up.
9: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's probably true. Excuse our language. (laughs) You know the thing about the barbecue community is, uh, is that it's a—it's we're not in a business. We're 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 in a community. We're in a lifestyle. I was I was brought into this you know years ago, wanting to meet Sam and Pat and Wayne and the guys that were leading the way. And um, you know I'm just really s- such a you know torchbearer of of, of the responsibility. To who gets in our little our little club because um, it is pretty little um, and it 's small, so I wanted you to know that call it was important for call to have us embrace you and I wanted you to know that you know we are this is who we are and it's a very it 's not like other chefs around the world who are competitive and cutthroat and and stuff like that the barbecue community is 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 um, one one heartbeat, and, um, and you ser- you're seeing that today. So I just wanted you to understand right off the bat that this was something serious that you should protect and, and a family and a friendship that you'll have forever, and
0: you included. I, re- I realized how special it was uh, as soon as you said that. So uh, Carl's brother, George, once again. George. Well, listen, I
1: think um, on behalf of our family, we've been really moved by uh, the outpouring of love. This has been an amazing day. Um, I think that my mom got to see firsthand um, exactly how many people my brothers touched. And um, I think it's conversations that my mom and I have always had that, you know, call for us is um, my brother or son. But we realized that he was a figure for so many people around the world um, uh, that he represented something important for so many people. And we see today his extended family. And I, I want, I w- just like you take this really seriously, um, we take it seriously too. So we'd like to welcome all of you into the Ruiz family. And we want to thank you for being a, a brother, a friend, a, a guide for Carl when, when maybe we couldn't do it. So want we, me, we want to welcome you into our family and thank you for, for being here and being a being a family for him.
9: Well, you're we are not going to get th- rid of us now. <laughs> We're
6: all going to your house for Christmas. Ma. <laughs> You're
9: absolutely it. screwed now.
1: That's You're it. Screwed. That's it. You have all of us.
6: Thank you very much, for everyone. You know, for the love you give it to my son, for the support you give him when he needed, and thank you for everything you do for us in this really sad time. Thank you.
0: No, th- uh, no, 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 no. Thank you for bringing him into this world because. Uh, he, uh, wow, he continues. I, I was going to say he did, but he continues to touch so many people. And uh, I walked around this place, and so many fans of just my podcast. There's so many different worlds here, by the way. And they, uh, so many people would say to me, "Oh, I never met him, but. And, uh, you know, he lives on through all
6: of us. Yes, yes, thank you very much. I am really proud of everything. You know, all the love he to through his life, you know, it's your life. But uh, it was really, he really, he told me one day, he said, Mommy, my religion is give to the people when they need it. And they really do. Then I hope God, God now God pays for him the double. I know. I know. We really miss him. But I know God, God is fair. And I know He is happy in the place He's supposed to be. Yes, thank you.
0: Wow, I don't, I don't even know how to follow that. I, do, I just, uh, I look forward to the day that when you think of Carl, that it brings a, a big old smile to your face. I hope. Yes, thank you.
6: I can.
1: You know, it's, uh, it's, it's been. Um, I think it's. Uh, we, we have felt this loss, but I think today we realize how so many other people have also felt this loss deeply. Um. Carl was a family member to so many people. Um, And he was a deep friend for so many people. So today I am honored, grateful. And um, for us, I, I think about the dream that my mom and dad had of launching a small family, having two sons, having them go out in the world and make an impact. It's really no different than the dream I think any of us have for our families. And I think today, mom, you see the impact that Carl had. We didn't always see it, you know, but today I think you, I hope you feel it because over the last several weeks, I've started to feel just quite what an impact he's had and how he's brought people together from people that normally would never connect. He would find a way to connect. And it's because I think that he tapped into in everybody, um, the best in all of us, Mm -hmm. you know, the desire to have a great meal or to laugh with friends or to have a have a great drink with someone and enjoy a great time. I think he tapped into those deep universal truths that we all believe and want to believe, even in difficult times. And um, I, I think that's why he created a community of very diverse people and brought them together. Yeah. And I think that's what you saw today. And um, we're very grateful to all of you guys. I, we're really grateful.
4: To hot all man, of you. are you kidding me? I mean, I'm grateful for y'all to be here, you know. Uh, and, and I'm with Opie like thank you for bringing him in the world <laughs> you know George is right I mean he was, I was sitting here thinking about what he was saying and like how he um, constantly connected people and networked everybody but his mind was always working like you could see it mid conversation like whoever the person is that's in his mind and we don't know yet he's already putting him Me and that person together, vice versa. You know what I'm saying? 100. And and he 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 wanted so much for everybody else to be happy. Like as I, you know, through the past couple months as we've gone through all this, like, you know, you're driving the truck or whatever, and you start thinking about people die, and you start thinking about the stuff you always took for granted, this stupid stuff we were talking about, like the texts, the conversations. (laughs) Him making Billy want to absolutely burn the entire city down just to kill him. <laughs> Once, a month. Once a month. He loved so, busting
9: your balls. So, so very, few, oh very few people in the world knew that me, Pat, Sam, and Carl had a very intimate text group. Those conversations over that text group were um, some of the funniest and got me the angriest I've maybe ever been in my life. Um, but, uh, you know, to, to what Pat and George were saying, you know, uh, you know, Pat and I were having a great conversation with Amanda Freitag this afternoon, um, and Amanda said something that was really powerful about Carl, and we, I think we all feel the same way, is that when Carl was talking to you, he made you feel like you were invincible, like you were the best in your class. Like you were, you were on a rocket ship. Like there is no one that can com- compete with you in your little world in life. And for someone to have that kind of um, heart and 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 love to want to make you feel that special and unique in your own—we're also flawed as far as you know, you know how we feel about ourselves and our idiosyncrasies, and you know. But Carl would always make you feel like you were the most important person. You were the king or queen, and uh, Amanda mentioned that today, and it really made me feel wow. Every conversation I've ever had with him was him telling me how how great I was and how unique my thing was, or or when I would hear him talk with Pat or Sam or Nick about Nick. I mean, he adored Nick. Like, uh, wait, wait, really? Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> so i mean wait nick solaris there's only four people in new york city who do carl was you know spearheaded that campaign so.
1: down
9: 25%. <laughs> <laughs> right exactly i'm confused so. by that one really <laughs> but i but i think a man had a great point i mean how many individuals just their some of their best life's work is just to make the people that they're talking to in that moment feel invincible um <laughs> And you know, what what better gift to the world than than to to make someone for that moment just feel good about themselves when we're always feeling bad about ourselves for some reason.
0: I don't want it to sound hacky but he lives he lives on through all of us. A hundred percent, right? You know, I, I, I think it's
7: really interesting Carl's family, Carl's mother gave birth to two um, you know, sons who genuinely went and tried to help the world, right? George is a doctor, you know, physically goes in and saves people's lives. And Carl, who goes in in a different way... Or win in in a different way and physically save people's lives. And if you were down, if you were suffering, you know, he'd cook you something. When Vic was suffering, he went over to his house. Two and a half I'm
1: objecting m- to all of this. The
2: devil lived George in my house for two and a half smart. months. <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: not that smart. I am objecting to all of this. Carl was smarter than George. <laughs> Megan, lawyer lady, once again, interrupting the podcast. George is better
1: looking than Carl's. So.
0: Oh, that's it! No! Wow, now you... Finally, it's settled. It has been settled. You just got to get rid of that bow tie, George. Finally. What about the, I'm the dumb good looking one? <laughs> what about the bow tie? George, what about the bow tie though? No, 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 can you get rid of the bow tie? The
1: bow tie has been a legitimate thing from George. I'll tell you how were it started. 14-year-old. I'll tell you briefly. You wore that bow tie. I'll bow ties you are you.
0: creepy. I'll
1: tell you. In high school. I went to an all-boy dumb Catholic high, high school, all boy okay. Catholic high school, and they required that young gentlemen wear a necktie. They didn't no, specify it. Did it was a tie, George. They didn't specify. They didn't 23? specify, man. So we wore bow ties as rebellion, and so That's it stocks. The whole thing is. It, a lie. it, makes, sense. it makes sense. That or it's I'm a total right nerd. That or I'm a total, it's nerd. Not I'm not a total nerd. nerd.
2: It's vocabulary. If they say neck, nerd. Nerd. if they say <laughs> necktie, <laughs> no, 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 and you no. think a yeah, uniform's they, uh, bullshit, but you gotta they wear it.
8: Wait,
1: they said they had to wear a tie. Okay. George was like, What? I'm Cuban. I'm gonna be different. I'm wearing a bow tie, and he wore a bow tie and rocked it. That's it. And your brother
7: hated it. Oh. You hated
1: it, you were able to wear a bow tie from the time we were twelve. <laughs> but I am saying you don't get to say it was unique. It, it was really unique, it was unique. unique. Uh, let me, let me. Carly
7: used to make fun of me wearing vests.
0: True. No, no, but Carly wore the bow tie. It was George. But we're gonna become friends, uh, George. Even though the bow tie thing is a little creepy to me. to so Sam Jones. Actually,
1: if you, if you could show up on Wednesdays and podcast with him, it would help out.
5: Here, here's what I'd like to say. But when you think whether there's a mausoleum or a tombstone or whatever, there's a date of birth and a date of death. And there's a dash in between it. And if you whittle that down to say it was a man that it took him ten whacks with a hammer and a chisel to pound that dash out, that dash represents everything you did, whether you lived to be 90 or if you were a stillborn child. However, that dash has a great impact if it's used properly. If it's a stillborn child, it could be that mother speaking to somebody else who's had a stillborn child through her child. If it was a 90 year old man, he could sit down with somebody and go, Let me tell you what not to do, because he lived it. The dash represents everything. I believe everybody was placed on this earth for a reason and uh, at a predetermined amount of time. Uh, it takes some people 90 years to fulfill theirs. Uh, our friend Carl, it took 44. Uh, in 44 years, he fulfilled his purpose. And if you think about what Carl was, he was a son to Miss Ruiz and her husband. He was a brother to George. He was a friend to all of us sitting at this table. Um, There were so many people that wished they could have been his friend. Man, if I could just be friends with Carl Ruiz, like that guy. He inspired so many people. Uh,
4: He would say, he would say, I got them all fooled, Pat. I mean, I just got them fucking, here you go, I got them fleeced. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Fleeced!
5: Or any time somebody would say something negative on my social media and he would chime in and go, Waterhead. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Mumble Mouth. <laughs> that Mumble Mouth. <laughs> mumble Mouth, period. Ah, there, but, were t-
0: there were times people would attack me on social media, and he would just text me, I got this. And I would just sit back and watch and go, oh my God, I never was, want to be your
4: enemy. It was literal prison rape.
0: But it was, uh, but it was always <laughs> just a, it was a one-word tweet. Was the, tweet. It would just take the guy out. He,
4: he was the king of the one-worders. King of one-worders. King of max one sentence and absolutely oh, annihilate, complete <laughs> obliteration of he whoever sent it. Guy. Tommy
9: Gunned.
5: Yeah. I shared enough we shared enough sarcastic lines with Carl that I shouldn't do it on this podcast, and so I'm gonna be serious. Everything I just said was a preface to this that if Carl Ruiz considered you to be his friend and you were lucky enough to be able to refer to Carl Ruiz as your friend, you both were better people. Because He was going to teach you something, and he genuinely wanted to learn something from you. There's not anybody that I think I respected anymore because I considered him to be much more accomplished than I. But like Pat and Bill said earlier, he made you feel like a rock star. Always. Uh, Your food was the best ever. Your restaurant was the best ever. If you ever thought you had a terrible day, that guy was going to bring a smile on your face even if it meant making Billy mad.
9: <laughs> I'm trying to be respectful to Carl's mom and not tell any of these stories.
4: Listen, I forgot. He would hit
9: Carl's me. mom ear muffs, So
4: hold on, let me, let me. Come me, on, once, once. Here we go. We, we can go. do it. He would, go, he would send, he would send right, Sam I and I his texts, <laughs> <laughs> and say, talking about Billy, he'd say, "Should I hit him with this, boys? Should I hit him with this?" And he would just be like, be like, yeah. I'd, well, no, Sometimes you would I'd be like
9: God I hope he doesn't Send that to Billy <laughs> And then He would say it I would explode Go absolutely crazy And then he would text me And he'd be like Yo man We're alright though right you, you 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 know how much I love you right And then the net, And he would Every single time Every single time He knew how mad I was He would call me The next morning Every time It never went One time that he didn't call me the next morning and say, We're alright, right? We're all right, right? Goes, I think I we know how much I love you, right? You know how much I love you, right? And then he would tell me I didn't tell you last night that he was texting you bastards and fucking <laughs> you guys were side back he got you don't know, you thought it was all me, but they were backdooring you with me.
2: <laughs> oh, that was, there
9: there's there's that bullshit right there from Carl. <laughs> Just that.
5: Yeah.
4: Man, he was a total-
5: one of the things that was most special, I discovered, not discovered, but stumbled upon this family pit that my granddaddy learned to cook hogs on, and it was super special for me. It was almost like, when I was cleaning it up, it was like a religious experience, because nobody alive remembered the last time that pit was fired up. wow. And we were going to have this party, and it was going to be part of my final shoot from a book. Uh, this was in 2018. And I sent out invites to some of my best friends that I knew would know how much it meant to me. They would also appreciate the historical value in it. And Carl was one of like the first eight people that responded to the RSVP. It was like Jeopardy button. And I was like, in my mind, like I know all these guys are so busy. And I think in the invite, it was like, this is a guilt free invitation. Like I know everybody's busy. With broke just, I just want my due. I'm just kidding.
4: You. I'm just kidding. You.
5: So Pat came over with a broke back. He was driving a Mercedes <laughs> SUV full of wine.
9: <laughs> That's right. True so story. We, but we had heard we had heard that there was mud or something. It was going to rain and there was mud in the yard mm-hmm. or something. So Gloria, Carl, and I went to Walmart. And I cannot tell you what an experience it is to go to Walmart with Carl. Oh, my gosh. I would have given store. <laughs> it, it was like. So much money to do that with him. Yeah. He wore half the store in. in, in yeah. He was literally wearing. He, that's where he had that big Irish hat. He goes, oh, I'm going to wear the big Irish hat for you, Billy. And then he had T-shirts, sweatshirts. He had flip flops. He had rubber boots over the flip flops. <laughs> He looked like a vagabond walking around Walmart for two hours, man. But he owned it always. I, yeah, he always owned those outfits. Of all that, that there was—I mean, I,
5: we could go down a list of things that weekend that was so funny. But UNC TV covered this thing, and I watched that film now. And on the last part of it, where it gets—it slows down and it gets real serious—and I'm talking about that pit, and it's just panning this place and there's Pat standing there Billy standing there Carl with his Irish fornicated up hat that he got from Walmart (laughs) he had everything but a chin strap on it (laughs) and we go back to my shop after that and had a barn party as we called it that was like the best of the best Carl sang karaoke and just thought he owned it he was like God I'm so good (laughs) But, man, we had such a great time. But to me, that particular, and I mean, I could go down a list of things where my friends showed themselves to be friendly. Because I think that once you become friends with somebody, and I believe Carl was this way, once you became friends with him, you could rob the liquor store, you could knock over the First National Bank, he was still your friend. He might not agree with what you did, but he was still your friend. And that's the way I am, that's the way these guys are. To the end, I'm gonna be your friend. If that means we have to talk on a phone through a glass, I'm still your boy. We're still tight, and but that's you won't the way come he. See me. I
4: will see you. That's all I need you to do. Just a phone call.
5: I literally, for whatever reason, watched that film for some reason uh, in the weeks following his death, and as it slows down and it's panning everybody that was in that pit house that afternoon or that night, and I was like, man, that guy. And Pat and I mean I, all of them are so special, but because he's not here anymore, uh, it makes you think. And Pat and I have had this conversation multiple times uh, because we had another friend that passed last year, and I was standing on the porch of my restaurant. We were talking on the phone. I said, "Let me tell you something. I know we're tough, and you're just big old country whatever from Mississippi." But I don't want to hang up the phone again without telling you I love you. I told Billy the same thing. I told Carl the same thing. And I don't know that I ever hung up the phone with either of the three of these boys in the last year that I'd say, love you, buddy. And didn't feel the less of it. Right. Because it's only on this side of the grass that you can minimize regrets. I think every time anybody goes to a service Whether you're putting somebody in a mausoleum or putting them below ground, you have regrets. I wish I'd have told Pat how much I thought of him. And at that point, it cannot be had back. And I've learned over these last 10 or 15 years that it's only right now that you can minimize those regrets by telling Pat Martin you love him, Billy Durney. Now that George is... Our honorary now fourth horseman, I could say.
0: George. Sure. Yep. We Just got to get rid of the bow tie. I'm, a, I'm obsessed with the bow tie. I wish I had that moment. I wish I had that moment with Carl. But uh, the last thing he said to me was how great the hot dogs were at Gephardt. So, <laughs> no, actually, he gave me one of those. Uh, I love yous, and I'm like, yeah, man, Carl, I love you. He goes, no, man. I love you, and I was like, "Wow, man, this right. is profound." Yeah, and it came wow. from a really deep
5: place. Well, especially because typically, and we joke about this all the time, when when men become friends, they may ever never speak again. If they do, it's in
4: sarcasm. Did you just take care to check? What a prick!
6: Yeah, oh, you can't yeah. say.
4: Well, you can't say. Thank most of the time, it's sarcasm, or it's in taking a vehicle to get your buddy enraged. So much that he wants to blow your house up, you
9: in it, <laughs> like, Billy. That was Carl's I way of telling Billy I he loved. The last time that we had one of our our group chats, it also didn't end very pleasant. But I will say, I'll never be in this group of <laughs> But now I will say, I will say, you guys don't know this. This is this is true. You guys don't know this. And I believe he had t- he had said this to Gloria. She had told me at the funeral in Miami. But what you guys don't know is Carl called me the next day. <clears throat> so uh, <clears throat> Sorry. So I've been dealing with some serious health problems. <clears throat> and that day, what Carl said was health related and he said he called me the next morning and said the truth is I just don't know how to deal with you being sick and I'm afraid and um He, um, he really was reaching out, uh, and that was his way to express how to open a conversation with me about how ill I was and what he can do and, um, and really show me how much he loved me and cared about me and, um, and how he just really didn't understand how to deal with the fact that I was so sick, um... Which, again, goes to his beautiful, loving heart and nature. So,
0: wow, Jesus, Bill.
5: I'm going to share a conversation that was two weeks prior to that that resulted in me and Pat getting on the phone. My kids, were, we had kind of farmed them out to be babysat, and Sarah and I went to dinner, and we're sitting on our back porch that night. Carl texted me, and I hadn't talked to Billy in probably two or three weeks at that <laughs> time, which was odd. And he texted me, he's like, you talked to Billy lately? And I was like, it's been a little bit. And he said, we need to talk to him. You need to go see him.
4: But he called me subsequently after that, the same dead gum thing. I'll just call worried you were going to pass. And he wanted us, he was like, we got to get up there. I was like, hold on, Captain. I talked to Billy all the time. I mean, he was generally, like, seriously concerned. Me and my wife chatted a little bit, and then Carl texted me,
5: and that led to, I was like, hey, I just called him. I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, man... I'm worried about Billy, and he don't—he's not doing good. And like, next thing you know, like I got water running out of my eyes. I was like, "Man, do you know something I don't know?" Like, we're all the, like we're all tight, you know. Carl and I get off the phone. I called him, and I was crying on the phone. I was like, "Have you talked to Billy?" Like, Carl just called me. Is there something that we're not aware of? Because I will book a flight tomorrow. We'll go to New York to stand wherever we need to stand. And it was, as Bill said. Carl was genuinely concerned about his health, and he parlayed that or I would say conveyed it to us in a way that just like like setting foxtails on fire
4: yeah.
5: and I sat on my back porch for an and I was just bawling
4: but anyway, to, to Sam's point is the point is that man with with all his mouth and all his like full on frontal he was the most New York person I think I've ever seen in my life. Like, past that shell was a very soft, gentle, caring man.
0: Oh, my God, a, a kind soul, yeah, exactly. without we a do doubt, anything, man.
4: Anything for anyone. Anytime. Of course, yes. Too, man. Like, that guy would, it, you know, it didn't, it just, it did not matter. One time we went up and had... I won't bore everything with a whole nother story, but this pastor came over from New Jersey to the Upper West Side. This is, I don't know, six, seven years ago. And um, just to bring me something for Big Apple Block Party. And he drove his little crappy car up. I was like, Carl, I mean, we didn't have to. He's like, Oh, no, no, Pat. Pat, you need it. I got it. It's like, All right, you know. He just, he was incredible. Dumb little
0: story for my birthday this past year. He's like, oh, happy birthday. I'm like, oh, man, thanks, Carl. You know, uh, what are you doing now? I'm like, just hanging, you know, waiting for the kids to come home from school. Let's go to Gephardt's. I'm like, what? I'm like, you're busy. He had La Cabana. He's working 80 hours a week. He's like, no, I want to see you for your birthday. I'm like, all right. And next thing you know, I'm at Gephardt's having a quick beer with him. He gives me a little uh, fader knife, you know, and, uh. He but it was always him just making sure he was there for you and I'm like, Carl, you're busy. I I'm good on my birthday. I'm I'm happy, I'm gonna, you know, have pizza with my family, whatever. But it, it was important for him to make sure that he was there for those special moments in your life. And we were at Get Parts maybe an hour. It was awesome. We laughed our asses off. And he's like, all right, I got to go back to work. I'm like, of course you got to go back to work. Why are you even here to begin with? I'm good. It was
4: that, it was that personal touch.
0: Always. Always.
4: It was, it was always him. I never got a written letter or note from Carl. He couldn't but
0: hats—that's <laughs> that's the
1: that's, uh, Georgia's fault. He stole all the education.
4: <laughs> but he—but it wouldn't shock me. He was the type of person that would have done that type of thing. Yeah. Right. Yet you know nowadays you don't get handwritten notes no. from people. But Carl had that kind of care. Okay. You know he just did it via text and phone. All right, I'll,
7: I'll, So it, one day after we had recorded the podcast, I'd one. You had to leave to go see your family, and he and I. He's like, "What are you doing?". Let's, let's get a burger. So we went to that uh, Scribner's across the street. So we went and got a couple of burgers and a couple of beers. And, you know, he knew a little of my story, what I revealed in the podcast, some heartbreaking, entertaining things. Uh, and he goes, all right, uh, I'm going to go back to that story that you told like a year ago. And I want to get into, you know, like how did the knife like cut through your heart? and we spent 3 hours and a couple of beers and a burger we we didn't even get hammered it was just like two guys talking about how women had screwed us over and and the heartbreak and all that stuff and then we you know we hugged it out and it was it, we we bo- oh shut up nick we got it we and it was it was one of the most touching moments of, of my life because we had been through very similar situations we'd been through a horrendous and horrible divorce and we both kind of walked out of it going, hey, you know, we're better for it, and we're going to come out the other side of it, and life is on the other side. We're, we're going to make it
0: work. I got, I got to jump in. What Robert's explaining, which I, I really believe it uh, explains your brother, your son, perfectly. So Robert on the podcast tells this horrific story where he was looking at the security camera, and he sees his wife cheating on him through the security camera. Me and Carl— howled we laughed so hard and i said earmuffs mom for real earmuffs on this line he's like spilling his guts out to us you know that i see my ex-wife with this guy making out on the security camera that he just happened to be checking out and i go wow man how hard did you get (laughs) carl laughed for five straight minutes five straight minutes but but to his point and this i think explains our friend carl had no problem laughing at that like any of us would right but then, I didn't know that until right now, after the fact, when they went and had burgers, he really wanted to get into what that did to him as a person. My brother
1: used his intelligence, his humor, his skills, and they, they really were the wrapping around someone who was warm and vulnerable. And when, when he would see that others were warm... Or others were in a vulnerable situation, it connected with something deep inside of him 100%. that he could then he then found a deep and real human connection that was difficult for him to then deny. I yeah. mean, uh, so so, and that's why sometimes that wasn't I his wife, though. That's well, not how he felt about her. Well, I'm I'm not oh, going to comment know. about that one, but I, <laughs> just so I, I would clear. I would she
5: really wants to get in the gutter. She gunner. just ripped him gloves. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> but no, I I think I think Carl had um. Carl had a veneer to him, and I think the humor was a uh, was so acute and so well developed with because it was his shield. Yep. It was his his I think I think it protected. He was trying to protect who he was inside, and who he was inside was, was was as a was a, a kind heart. and vulnerable yes. guy. Yes. Uh, and and I think as that as he as didn't. Heart. It's not something that he wanted to put out there everywhere, but with people that he felt comfortable with. I think he was he felt awesome to be vulnerable with yeah. you to sit down and have a burger and yeah. be vulnerable with you yeah. and then when you connect your vulnerability with someone else's um, those are connections that are very difficult they're very first of all they don't happen very often in today's world and when they do happen they're difficult to shut down that vulnerability is something that immigrant families feel all the time growing up you know. Are we gonna pay the bills? Is this business gonna work? Are you gonna be able to get into college? Are all of these very heavy things that we would have to share with each other, but still have a shield up that we could use to face day after day. And I think that's what Carl had. And um, it's beautiful to hear all these things. Um, I am like I wish I I wish I could could have been more vulnerable with them, I tell you. And if there is a take home, I think, Sam, it's it's what you said, that um, we only have this moment, and I think that's what I've been thinking a lot about since Carl's passed away, that we only have this moment, and sometimes the moments are wrapped in a lot of BS, and you, you forget and that all, matter, you forget that this is the only moment that that matters. really matters, man. But that and was, that, hey, well, that was the essence of Ruizing was living in the moment. Yeah. And But you're touching on something that actually, that people don't realize when you just see the social media meme, but... What you're talking about, the other aspect of Ruizing was that deep connection that he had. Ruizing wasn't about drinking, it was about drinking with people. And it wasn't even about the drinking, it was about people. Yeah. Right? And that's what ultimately Carl did is look at the people that he's bought here. It's amazing. Complete barbecue dirtbags, scumbag food writers to like the richest people, like guys pulling up in limousines, like it's just the swath of, of society. Like he I just w- touched everyone.
5: Pat Martin came here in a limousine (laughs) when when a a man over here was... We have a new new guest that
9: just arrived.
6: Carly was like his father. His father, we have a little tire shop. And sometimes when somebody was around the tire shop and he he, needed to look for the address, my husband have in the tire shop a big map to show the people the address. But if he you know if he, he the person looked like it was very confused my husband preferred take that people to the address and and not sell the tire you know my that is my husband was ex- like is like that yeah. He's, uh, my husband have a very good heart and Carly the same and and George is, is very good with the people too so I we are happy that they was like a father
1: yeah yeah my dad was in a, is an amazing is an amazing guy and and uh, I think Carl, Carl got a lot of that love of humanity from my dad and my mom. And uh, he really genuinely loved people. And I have to say, because it's getting cold and I think we're going to get out. Yeah,
0: we're, but we're, I want to go, go inside. I'll yeah. tell yeah. you. That's how much we love you, Carl. It's freezing out here. I
1: felt his love for all of you today. And I felt your
6: love back. And I, for that, you for that, Thank we... Very, very much. Thank you very much for everything. Not what you're doing now, what you're doing before. Yeah. That is more important for me, what you're doing before. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you. Cheers. Nice. It
5: was so nice to meet you again. Uh, I will say on behalf of the horsemen that, George, you are now a horseman. Yes, sir. Thank Cheers. You. I
1: appreciate
0: that. I'm Cheers. honored. Well, well, I'm so well, I, well, I, but I, but but I, but I.
9: We'll get you a photo. We'll talk. <laughs> Bill rolls. We'll talk another time. <laughs> okay,
0: all right. I yell, but I yell. So to make this,
9: to, make, to, to, not, to not just be totally crazy, <laughs> sentimental about this whole thing. Kerry Brangle from Peg Leg Porker. Yes. One of Carl's buddies. Last
10: time, last time I uh, saw Carl was here, actually, at Pig Beach, we had a great time. But uh, the time before that, <laughs> thanks for the kiss, Sam. The, uh, the time... <laughs>
0: Oh, wow, you guys before, really like each other.
10: The time before that, that I was in New York, I, I called Carl up. We were with a group of guys. We went over to uh, the Patriot Bar. We were hanging out. Carl comes right over. We got to go to uh, we got to go to Delmonico's, and uh, so he he takes his and some fan comes up to him while we're sitting at the Patriot. Just somebody out of the blue, and he's and, and he's like, "Oh man, I love you. I love you. I've seen your stuff. I see you. I uh, heard you on Opie Radio." He invites his fan to go to dinner with us the dinner the fan goes to dinner with us me and uh, one of the guys that worked for me and uh, and that guy's dad and carl we go to del Monaco's, we have an amazing dinner but carl spends the whole dinner telling us the entire history of the steakhouse unbelievable it was amazing had a great night we went out and sang karaoke after that but uh it was one of my favorite memories in new york because it was just uh it was just an amazing experience, and we had a complete stranger at the table with us that none of us had ever met, that we met at the Patriot Bar. One of the most quick-witted, smartest guys that I've ever met, uh, and, and that really showed in our dinner at Delmonico's where he told me the complete history. He was so uh, emotional about it and so passionate about it, and I uh, haven't met many people like that. And, and just the, the ability to fire off quick wit and smart and not... Not just dumb humor, just very intelligent.
0: I can honestly say, if if I asked every person at um, Pig Beach, have you ever met a guy like Carl? They would say no. You just don't. You just don't come across people like Carl. And and
10: you know, as a member of the barbecue community and barbecue family, uh, Carl was a huge, huge advocate for pitmasters and for the barbecue family, and really appreciated that. And and it. it uh, Every time I saw him, he he was like, "We're gonna we're gonna take barbecue to the next level." It is my favorite thing, and and I love all you guys. And uh, it was he was really a pretty amazing person.
0: Whole City Hogs now finally shows up. Where have you been?
2: What's up, Opie? Good to <laughs> see you, brother.
0: Uh, any, any quick uh, stories about Carl? Any words? Whatever you want to say.
2: My biggest thing about Carl was he always said he said, "Cuz we're gonna take you to the next level."
0: He was trying to take all of us to the next level.
2: He did, and uh, he came in with uh, several, several hotel clients here in New York City. Uh, kept our farm out of ruin. So I can't say anything, uh, but Carl was like the motherfucking messiah for our farm. And uh, pretty much for barbecue people in general. Uh, pretty much
0: for all of us that are here at Pig Beach, to be honest with you.
2: i cheers your microphone right now. If I wasn't scared, I'd break it, Opie. <laughs> all right, right on. About Carl and what he did, and here's the ruiz
0: Good seeing you I, I'm wrapping up the podcast I want to I want to give it to George final, final words Final thoughts Whatever you want to say But you've pretty much upset said it And I'm, I'm very happy That we will be friends with my my brother Opie um, In a weird way I, it, it makes this a lot easier Opie uh, Thank you for preserving My brother
1: Thank you for Keeping him alive for us um, The times that you had With him Are epic And um, I'm indebted to you Man Our family is too
0: Thank you for thank you for being here, man. No, of course I
1: appreciate you.
0: Man. I will do my little part and keep his name alive as long as I can. Thank you, man. Because they, they say, I think it was Leonard Cohen. They said you die twice, and the second time is when they say your name for the last time. They're going to be saying Carl's name for a very long time. Oh well, Opie, thank you so much, man. All All I right, right, brother. Deep, 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 deep. I love you. Hey, brother. Be good. You didn't say love back, man. I that love would, you back, oh no, that, that would have
1: been a great ending I to my podcast Let's do it. Let's try, again. Let's no, try again. Do it again. No, we can't do. We
0: can't. Just say boo that or something. Boo, boo, boo. I no, love you. No, it's
6: boo. <laughs> 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 the laugh is close. It's very close. Very close. <laughs> the laugh
2: is a little lighter. <laughs> His was a little. Had a, <laughs> Carl's had a little more. Had ah, a little ah, more. It's very similar. It's very. That's good. That's good. Only a brother could do that. Good. Of me. That's a good impression. That's, that's good. That's a good impression. <laughs> We're
0: gonna keep George around, but he's got to lose the bow tie. All right. I well, love it, lose the bow tie. I love the I bow tie idea. The ties the man, are no, creepy. You know, no, they're no, not. They're we'll creepy. Do, we'll
1: do a po- podcast with the bow tie. It'll be easy no. for you no. to just no, rip deal. into me <laughs> right, over and over again.
2: <laughs> they're only they're only creepy if it's a clip on bow tie. That's <laughs> no, right? i not to myself. No, 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 Wait, not you know how to tie
0: a bow tie? Of course. I bow to you, George. It's not so hard. Now respect.